just keep talking about what we're going to do for May. And, you know, this guy with kind of curly blonde hair just gets up into my face and goes, it's going to be May. <laughs> so I'm like, fine, Timberlake. <laughs> I like that. We'll do more. your movies. I, I, I like that there's more to it. <laughs> <laughs> Who should we cover in the month of May? And Justin Timberlake, it's going to be May. And he was not social distancing. And I swear, I got a little spit in my mouth. Thanks. Thanks, Mr. Timberlake. What an um, intense story. Right? <laughs> My God. It's almost as intense as this movie. Fucking impossible. So anyway, hi. Welcome to Behind the Hype. Me, your host, always Brian Dressel. With me, as always, is Chewy Darso and Jonathan Hardesty. Wow. Yes. That's me. I figured that was the best, uh, the best way to introduce you, was just really stretch out your name as obnoxiously as possible. Hey, you know, whatever we can do to bring high energy to this, uh, this movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh my god so that was the end of uh, scarlett johansson month last month and uh we had a lot of fun talking about her um even if we didn't watch the best movies we still had a we learned a lot we had a lot of, a lot of fun things to say and then we decided to do something fun for may you know with justin timberlake it's gonna be may we talked about this fucking two months ago we were so excited about it then we chose all of his bummer movies we didn't choose all of his bummer movies we choose we chose one real bummer of a movie and we're getting it out of the way right out of the gate so at least there's that the rest of the movies are serious like in time is serious but it's not super like bummery it's he okay, watches his... his mother die yeah his... okay. who's also in this movie who's also in this movie <laughs> playing his girlfriend no johnny's girlfriend oh sorry yes i was thinking i always think of justin timberlake as the main character of alpha dog because the movie eventually gets there We'll get to that. And the poster um, has him, like, prominent on it, so... Well, like I said, it, the, the movie gets there. It, it just takes a minute. But either way. So, yeah, we did the Scarlett Johansson thing, then we are like, it's going to be May, and then I figured when I'm putting together the, the Justin Timberlake calendar, you got to do the movie that really put him on the map as a quality actor, right? This, right, right. This reasoning makes sense, right? It I'm does. I think of what I could rival it with, but I don't really have anything. This was it. This was like, oh shit, he can act. Because he'd been in a couple of things before this, but nothing like a prominent role, especially that requires zero singing, all charisma, and he's got to be basically the heart of the movie. Um, and uh, I, I got to say, this guy fucking nailed his first real outing, in yeah. my opinion. Yes. Yeah, this is uh, the movie where you go, oh, he can he can act. He can do this. To the leg. Mm-hmm. So... As we get into the movie and you find out why we are all so bummed talking about the movie, if you're unfamiliar with it, um, just know that we started from a place of joy of let's celebrate Justin Timberlake. Mm. And to celebrate it, you, you got to get through some murky waters. And, uh, and unfortunately, we are, we are starting out strong with Alpha Dog. <laughs> arf, arf, arf. Arf, arf. Um, <laughs> arf, arf, woof. I'm trying to remember the song now from uh, Fly of the Concords. Arf, arf. But I don't remember the rest of it. <laughs> really should remember more than just arf, arf. Um, it might even be bark, bark. I could be having it totally wrong. I'm just trying to think of things that are happy. Um, I, all I can think of now is ep, ep, epileptic, epileptic <laughs> ep, 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 dogs. Ep, ep, epileptic. <laughs> 
think about the epileptic dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Such a good fucking show. Uh, uh, so much funnier than what we're about to talk to. It. Let's stay on task. <laughs> uh, so I will get things started uh, with a very brief where have they been doing. Um, I know we haven't had a lot of time between the last two weeks, but I know Chewie watched a movie with Justin Timberlake in it that I was going to try to watch with her, and I, I just didn't have time. Uh, the face she's giving me says she doesn't remember watching Trolls, but I'll, I'll let her oh, say that she watched Trolls. Uh, I did. <laughs> I did watch Trolls. And how was it? Uh, was it Trolltastic? Better than I would have ever expected. Yeah? <laughs> like I was into it for like the 20 minutes I watched, but I then I had too much stuff to do. I remember watching the stuff for, this move, for the Trolls movie and just going, what is this crap? What are we... <laughs> marketing towards our children their brains are going to melt blah 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 i mean there is a lot of that in this movie sure in that movie uh there are trolls that fart glitter awesome um yep <laughs> and once you get past that once we get into the actual story and get past the trolls just parting all the time mm-hmm. uh, it's actually a good story about believing in yourself and then coming to the new conclusions about life and understanding that just because someone's been gaslighting you your whole life doesn't mean you can't rise above it. Hmm. And how was the uh, the man of the month in it? Man of the month is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, he does a very good job playing the grump who lost someone when he was very young, and then oh, I love his himself. backstory reveal. Uh, <laughs> and then he decides that in order to help everyone else believe, he needed to believe in himself and forgive himself and sing. He just needed to sing and dance, and everything would be better. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. So it's kind of like Happy Feet, except whenever he tries to, you know, if he could just sing, or if he could just, yeah, sing, he'd be great. But he can't sing, he can tap. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Except it turns out that Justin can do both, because he can do both. As a troll and as a person. Yeah, he's an insanely talented human yeah. being. He can't fart glitter, though. You don't know that. Yeah, yeah we haven't seen it yet. Just yeah. because we haven't seen it yet doesn't mean... And I guess if he... Don't ate, tell him what he can't I do. I guess if he could eat a lot of glitter and take some laxatives he could fart glitter but i just don't think that's advisable i'm just saying don't tell him what he can't do uh john I mean, actors will do a lot it? for a role <laughs> john did you have time to watch uh, where have they been doing this week uh no i haven't i uh, okay. didn't get a chance to other than just the the one we watched the big bummer um i tried to watch one i sat down for this movie that i was so sure he was in and then i watched the whole thing and then i'm like fuck man justin timberlake <laughs> isn't an extract in extraction but i i gave it a shot i watched the entirety of extraction but uh, yeah i did watch extraction as well and you know i thought about he justin just never timberlake, showed up so does that count <laughs> i kept going like he's gonna be here at some point and he just, just never fucking showed up never fucking showed up oh, oh well his helicopter didn't lift <laughs> next week's a, another week i'll try to watch one then um there are a bunch of uh, like rom-coms and that sort of stuff that we do not have on the calendar for Justin Timberlake. So we will try to get a few of those in throughout the month. Um, but I think it's time to dive uh, headfirst into the waterless pool of Alpha Dog. Um, waterless pool. It basically means you're going to jump off a diving board and crash your face into the ground and be really sad and heartbroken. and Probably face broken, up. too. Face broken, for sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so... So a bit of history on this movie. Um, if you're unaware, it is based on real events. Nick Cassavetes, the director, um, has said that it is roughly 95% accurate, um, to which some of the people in the movie have, of course, gone, no, it fucking isn't. Um, hmm. Although some of the people have gone, yeah, kind of. So I, I, I don't know where it stands. But either way, it is mostly a true story about a bunch of 
young people in LA who uh, want to be big tough drug runners and have their own cartel and they get into a beef with a guy who's actually a bit of a drug runner and kind of a dangerous guy and they basically get in this one-up battle of like I'm gonna fuck you over I'm gonna make you lose your job I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do this and then they decide to kidnap the bad guy's brother which was a bad fucking idea um, but they're just a bunch of idiot kids who are trying to have fun, so they show the kid a good time, and it's not that big of a deal. And then he finds out, uh, one of the guys finds out how much trouble they're going to be in for kidnapping, so he's like, well, we got to kill the kid. Keep in mind, all of this is true. They've been partying with this kid. Witnesses are fucking everywhere. Um, but like, well, we got to kill him, because otherwise we're going to go to jail. So you want to jail either way. You've got nothing but witnesses around you. You goddamn moron. That's, um, that's the thing that always bothers me. So they march him up a hill, shoot him with an Uzi in his own grave, uh, and then fucking everyone goes to jail because of course they do. Um, and <laughs> and that is Alpha yep. Dog in a nutshell. Uh, far more uh, positive and a little more animosity behind it than if you were to watch the movie. Um, and by the time they get around to murdering the kid, who is played by Anton Yelchin, uh, you will be a puddle of tears and frustration, most likely. This is why I could never really be a criminal. <laughs> Because my, my thought process would never be, oh, well, I really got myself into a pickle. I guess I got to kill him. I, I just, That's such a leap. It is such a such leap. such a leap. Especially in this situation where the kid was kind of cool with it. Until he was murdered. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah, you can't be cool when you're murdered. <laughs> but it's just like, oh, we could do life in prison for kidnapping him. Murdering's going to fix that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, murder's going to guarantee the life in prison and probably death penalty. Uh, yeah. The guy who pulled the trigger is still sitting on death row today. Yeah. Where he fucking should be. Yeah. But let's dive into this movie a little bit. Uh, I'm going to try to keep as much of the real world stuff out of it as we can. Um, although the movie is very accurate. They did change a lot of things, names, locations, yada, yada, yada. Um, but for the purposes of this podcast, I want to try to remove the, review the movie as much as we can because I didn't do as much history research as I probably would have liked to for this sort of thing. So we're just going to try to keep it narrative and performance and stuff, kind of like how we normally do. Um, starting, of course, with the big man himself, Mr. JT, uh, playing uh, Frankie. I forget his last name in the movie. Uh, the best <laughs> Frankie friend. Frankie No Shirt. <laughs> best Frankie, friend No Shirt. Frankie Tattooed No Shirt. Yeah. Um, <laughs> best friends of Johnny Truov, who's being played by Emil Hirsch. Shush. Hirsch. Am I saying that right? Emil Hirsch. So, yeah. Um, Emil Hirsch, yeah. It's like Hershey, but without the E's yes. or the Y. Who plays the, the big, bad drug runner guy, Mr. Johnny True Love. Or More so the son. The of son of the actual big drug runner guy who's played by Bruce Willis. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Justin Timberlake had uh, he had quite a bit to do in this movie. Uh, the Nick Cassavetes took a big risk on him because he was a bit of a pop star. Uh, if you weren't aware of the band Sync, he was the front man. Um, Many people are aware of the band. Maybe you weren't. Maybe you're the one person who didn't hear of NSYNC. You should probably check them out. Do you think when he went into the audition, he said, it's going to be May? <laughs> so we're looking for somebody to play Frankie. It's going to be May. <laughs> okay, and so we're not going with like, Oh, yeah, let's do it. Let's go. You got this, man. <laughs> Confidence. Oozy. Brilliant. Out every pore. But, as I was saying... Um, as the best friend to the main gangster kid, he, he's got a bit of a weight to pull because... And we'll kind of move through this, and I'm sure it'll come up a lot. The thing that I think that Justin Timberlake really nails in this movie, and that a lot of the cast does, the cast is firing on all cylinders, 
in every front. Everyone in the movie is at the top of their game, in my, in my humble opinion. Um, what Justin Timberlake had to do versus everybody else is he had to take one of these total douchebags, homophobic, drug dealer, not that great of a guy, but also probably not that bad of a guy. Like, a little bit of both. Like, I probably won't want to hang out with him, but is he really doing anything that bad? No, he's just a bit of an asshole, and he sells some pot because his dad trained him how to sell pot. Yeah. So probably not your favorite person in the world, but like one of the guys you would have worked with at Starbucks. I'm like, oh yeah, I fucking love hanging out with Frankie. You gonna call him? Never. Uh, <laughs> but like somebody you could get along with. <laughs> right. And that right. Largely, exactly. Yeah, and that largely comes from Justin Timberlake. He plays this game. He plays this character with so much charisma that the whole time you're like, this guy kind of sucks. But I'd hang out with him. Well, also yeah, and also you need a character to like in this movie. <laughs> and like because of Justin Timberlake, you have someone you can latch onto. Like it, almost from the beginning, his like you said, his charisma, it just keeps me from walking away from the movie in, in disgust and frustration at some of these awful, awful characters. Like everyone sucks. Every, but even Justin Timberlake, they all suck. He just plays it suck, in a way that makes least, you go, oh, yeah. But at least you want to be like, oh, Justin, oh, JT, oh, it's so cute. You're you're trying to be bad. Oh, you know, one, like the one blonde chick doesn't suck almost. No, she's I, screaming at everyone that it's wrong, and then she tries to tell her mom. She could have just called the cops, which is the one thing that stops her from sucking. Or that, that does make her suck, more so. She did the best out of everyone. And I guarantee you, as soon as they he uh, any of them were slightly even like, well, we're pretty sure they did it. She's like, yeah, I'm, I'm a witness. What yeah. do you need to know? I will tell you fucking everything. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> they ended up with 39 witnesses, right? I think that's right, yeah. Somewhere around 39. I'm not sure if that counts real to real life or not. But in the movie, yes, they ended up with about 39. Including the last yeah, two who point, saw them on their way to murder That's what I mean. Him. Yeah. My God. Yeah. Um, but Justin Timberlake. So, what did you think of him in the movie? I mean, it's Justin Timberlake. I mean, he's freaking talented. He's a very good actor in this movie. Mm-hmm. He does have the charisma that makes you be like, ah, oh, he's just a jokester. You can't really take him seriously. He's just playing. He's playing at Gangster, yeah. Yeah, and then he was playing, and then he was playing, and then suddenly he had to be one. And then you realize he's just a coward. Oh, he's such a fucking coward. Because he doesn't want to do it. He could stop the guy. He could probably get the gun away from the other guy if he wanted to. He could have been like uh, Keith in the movie. Keith is one of the guys who's with them at the murder. He's one of the ones who dig the gra- who digs the grave. When Keith gets the opportunity to go up the hill and murder Anton Yelchin, he goes, fuck this, I can't. He still deserved to go to jail because he didn't try to stop them. But at the same yeah. time, I feel like Justin Timberlake's character, at least the way he is in the movie, very easily could have overpowered the dumbass who murdered him. Justin Timberlake could have gotten him out of the he apartment. He had so many opportunities to get him out of the park to get him just out in general. Even the first night, and probably his best scene throughout the entire movie, where he's like, hey man, what, what do you think about if I were to just let you go and tell Johnny you ran away? What do you think about that? And he's like, well, I think I'm just going to write it out. It's like, Push him out the fucking door. Realize who your friends are and get him the fuck away from you. Or he will die. And it's just so frustrating to watch. Yep. And that speaks volumes to how good Justin Timberlake is in it. Because yeah. you believe that that character would make those decisions. Because he plays a character that never actually makes his own decisions. He has instincts. He doesn't act on any of them. No. He just does what other people tell him. Mm-hmm. While believing he's fully in control. Yeah. You would n- he would never believe he's a lackey. Never yeah. in a million years. He's a lackey to Johnny. He's a lackey to his dad. He's mm-hmm. a- just everyone. 
which mm. makes his like whole uh, teasing of the the shooter in the beginning of the movie kind of funny because out of all of them JT his character is the one that is the most in with Johnny the most spineless like he, he's all these things that he was projecting onto the shooter yeah. which i yeah. mean the shooter was too but yeah the no. shooter was i don't know the what was the shooter's name was it uh it's not 911 that was the blonde guy who had the drug deal in the beginning um i'm blanking on his name now um, but the, the the guy who actually ended up shooting, he wasn't so much a coward so much as just desperate for approval. Yeah. Like, they they were both just despicable characters in their own ways. But the way that he came across to me was just he wanted approval of He's people he admired. He's a brown noser. Yeah. He's and, the exact toxic version of a brown noser. And the most dangerous type where he's willing to do absolutely anything for their approval. So he thought they wanted him to murder that kid, so he was going to murder that kid. So even though Justin Timberlake's standing on the hill at the end of the movie, begging him, like, we're not going to do this, right? We're not going to do this. Of course they were going to do it. Because if he didn't, then he forever lost the respect of Johnny. At least in his mind. Whereas, in reality, Johnny would have... I'm not sure if he would have thanked him, but he probably should have, because his life would have been very different had he not pulled the trigger. Mm-hmm. I don't know. This movie makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, I was telling you that before we even started watching it. You yeah. told me you'd watch Alpha Dog. And I'm like, oh, God, really? That thing again? Like, I didn't even remember why it made me uncomfortable. I'm pr- I pushed most of the narrative out of my brain. I just remember the sensation of, I did not enjoy that. This is not a movie you enjoy. This is a movie you experience. Oh, yeah. This is a movie for better economic times. Because uh, people... Economic makes me feel... I feel worse about saying economic, economic, political, just just general, I'll say temperature. Yeah. <laughs> this is the type of movie that was made in 2000, right? 2006. 2000, oh, the events happened in 2000. Sorry, the events happened in 2000. This movie was made in 2006. So we were in that sweet spot right before 2008 when we felt like everything was getting better. Uh, Bush is going to stop being president. And the economy's doing really well. Blah, blah, blah. That's when people make serious movies. That's when thrillers and dramas do well. And just the the idea so, that like the even the murder like if this movie came out today like they had to make the movie about the the Johnny Hollywood murders mm-hmm. and all that if they had to they would he would get to the hill where they're about to go shoot him and the movie would fade to black. They yep. would never show the, the begging, murder. The actual murder. Oh yeah. Begging no, for they his wouldn't life. show it at all. It's just no. It's these type of movies don't. If they do get made right now, mm-hmm. they're buried. Yeah. Because they don't make anyone feel better. They make or everyone like feel worse. Or they're like Hulu exclusive or Netflix exclusive or something like that. Like, they don't hit yeah. theaters anymore, yeah. for sure. Um, but just speaking a little bit about that, the the murders and the, the, the time and all that sort of stuff. Uh, John, you had never seen this movie and you were unfamiliar with the true story, correct? Oh, yes, absolutely. This was a whole <laughs> fresh new experience to me going in. I'm sorry for it to be in your brain. <laughs> no, I was like, Alpha Dog sounds like pretty edgy, right? Like, <laughs> like this could be cool and like stylish. And, and as I'm watching it, I'm just like, oh, I'm going to be sad at the end of this, aren't I? <laughs> it, is, it does start out cool and stylish. It does. Yeah. And, and then it gets, it gets real bleak real fast. Yeah. Not it's, even real fast. It takes a minute. But when it does, whew. it just yeah. falls apart. And it's just no, it's done and, so well because you're so you're frustrated the whole time because these yeah. guys seem kind of big. They seem like they could be smart, but they're just ending up not. And then it just sucks so bad at the end 
when Johnny's being smacked around by his dad and you see him as the child he is. Sobbing. Yeah. Sobbing. sobbing, Making terrible decisions and just not wanting to admit that he made terrible decisions. Not listening to his father immediately to call off the murder. Like, he drags his feet. All this stuff. And it's just like, oh my god! There's so many opportunities from every angle for this to not happen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's crazy. And it was from the beginning. Yeah, I, I sensed that. I was like, this is going to be a frustrating experience uh, story-wise. I'm going to be really just aggravated at all these characters. And oh, just maybe it's a testament to the movie then that it's, it's so affecting in that way that, I don't know, it, 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 it grabbed me by the throat pretty early on and... I wish that Pitbull in the earlier part of the movie when Johnny and Jake are fighting could have gone after one of their throats and then ended it before any of this other crap could have happened. Yeah. Uh, but here's Well, that's a, a, kind of what I was thinking to myself throughout the whole thing. I was like, someone come to your senses. Someone grow up. And at every turn, it was like... Yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing is Justin Timberlake comes to his senses many times. And never acts on it. No, but like even like the scene with Johnny where Johnny's like, we're in fucking deep shit, man. Like, what do we do? Justin Timberlake's plan would 100% work. Grease the kid. He says a couple bucks, like 50 bucks. No, give him like a thousand bucks. Give him a thousand bucks. Tell him to go say he was with a girl. You even have a girl. That I he guarantee does have sex with. that he does have sex. Well, he definitely has sex with two girls. Um, but he easily could have used Amanda Seyfried. Be like, hey, can I just say I was with you this whole time? Because she seemed kind of cool in this whole kidnapping thing. She's like, oh, yeah, sure, whatever, I'll lie for she you. She thought like, it was sexy. She thought it was sexy, she thought it was fun. Like, everything throughout the entire movie, like, it just hits you over and over and over. This could have been fine. This could have been fine. This yep. could have been fine. Oh, yeah, here's the exit point. Here's, you know, you can leave here. You can stop it here. This can go right here. You know, it's not going to be so bad. It's not going to be so bad. Oh, uh, you killed him. It's Now it's just awful. Like, there are so many points where it's just like, you guys just stop and think. Use that thing between your ears, you know? <laughs> yeah. Turn off your egos. Turn off your edgy L.A. lifestyle. And just try to be a person. Yeah, just be a human being for ten seconds. Yeah. Yes, you did piss off a crazy drug dealer. You're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. It, this uh, might suck for a while. Your ego might get put. Your reputation might get a little bumpy. Yeah. Wah, but, wah, wah. <laughs> but yeah, to bring it back around, circle to Timberlake again, just all those feelings, like he evoked those. Out of all the actors who did such a great job in this, I felt all that through him. I was able, like, JT evoked that for me throughout the whole movie. Everyone and, else was like frustrating, but like they were, they, they did a great job in their acting. But I was like, okay, yeah, I don't like this character. They're doing a good job of being horrible. But with JT, I was like, there's hope, and that's what makes it worse. It does. There's he hope. just lets you down. Like you get sort of invested in his character, and this is kind of what I was mentioning early in the episode, um, or earlier in the episode, I should say. Uh, the movie kind of starts as an. Ass- as an ensemble, if you will. Like, you have Emil Hirsch, you have Ben Foster, you have Amanda Seyfried, you have um, Anton Yelchin. Like, you have a lot of people who are just on the cusp of becoming big celebrities who just quite weren't quite there Olivia in 2006. Olivia Wilde. Olivia Wilde. Um, tons and tons and tons of people. Um, and all those people together, 
you kind of get this idea that it's going to be an ensemble movie, but as the movie gets more and more serious, as the shit gets more serious, as the joking kind of stops and it gets more and more clear that Anton Yelchin's going to get murdered at the end of this, it slowly becomes Justin Timberlake's movie. Like, everyone else kind of stops being in a little bit less. Like, Olivia Wilde pretty much disappears beyond her birthday scene and then the very awkward sex scene after that, uh, at the end of the movie. Um, Emile Hirsch really kind of takes a back seat for a minute. Everyone kind of does, except for Justin oh, yeah. Timberlake. Ben Foster leaves completely after that phone conversation. Yeah, it completely disappears. Sharon Stone does have one of the greatest moments in the whole movie. No, no, I'm not. I'm just talking about the kids, like the main yeah. thing. But like the all of them together, they all kind of fade away, and it becomes Justin Timberlake's movie, and it really centers on him as the one beacon of hope, just like John was saying. And then he lets you down. Yeah. So you have the heartbreak of seeing this grisly murder, and I mean grisly, so grisly that I've seen this movie a number of times. I fast-forwarded through it. Totally honest, as a parent in L.A., this movie was kind of a horror movie. Um, yeah, so yeah. when I got to that part, I'm like, I'm just going to... I know what happens. We're moving past this. Oh, yeah. No, I wasn't ready for it. I, I didn't. I was like, okay, someone's going to change their mind. Oh, no, P just shot him. Oh, that's great. Okay. Horrible. Why did I... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Why, why, I started reeling we, at that point. Why, why are we watching this again? Um, because people are terrible. But here's the thing. is like all three of us who watched this movie were very affected by it. Even Chewie and I, who skipped over the murder. I mean, we still saw it. It still is there in fast-forward fast motion. Forward. But, yeah, we, we kind of... Like, as soon as he got to the part where he was just begging, just that, no, no, no. Like, what's the... I think it was, what's the tape for? That line is like, okay, I'm out. I can't do it. I can't do it. What's the tape for? Yeah, what's the it. tape for? Yeah, um, like, he was... Ugh. But here's the thing. So, this movie was very effective. Severely bummed me out. Every time I've seen it, even now, uh, having seen it multiple times... The movie got middling reviews. I think it has like a 56 on Metacritic. Like oh, most wow, critics really? didn't really like it. And I'm like, what what are they not seeing that I'm seeing or what am I seeing? Like like what why didn't people like this? Well, I would, Beyond the fact that it's a fucking bummer. It takes a lot of artistic choices and uses them. Uh, it does the side frame shots. Like, like in the 70s, when we have one scene going on next to another scene. Sure. Closer in, further out. Uh, I mean, Nick Cassavetes is not known for subtlety. <laughs> yeah. So, that turns a lot of people off immediately there. Because, for some reason, whenever you start doing fancy edits uh, and split-screen stuff, people get turned off. A lot of times, yeah. Uh, for sure. And then that wasn't consistent throughout the movie. That was very uh, specific to right after the kidnapping mm-hmm. and there and then it, again at the end when they're all yeah. getting arrested and you get the idea that there's going to be a narration with the beginning of this movie with interviews and then there isn't and then you end the movie with interviews uh so it's like it it's inconsistent in its format in a way which can yeah. really bother people Okay. And I can, it I didn't can, bother us. No, no, but. it didn't bother me, but I can see that uh, because the, I was even thinking that too throughout this, that, yeah, like, if this weren't so affecting in terms of the performances, the horribleness of what these kids are doing and about to do, like, if all that stuff didn't exist in this, the editing, like, the, those choices were just not good. Like, that was, if anything, that would keep this from being, for me, like, really good. I don't know, I and liked it. I, I think it, I mean, I, I see what you mean, John. I'm not trying to take that away from you. I, I just... I think it worked personally. Like I, I think the idea of, um, I'm really reading into what Nick Cassavetes was trying here, but I think by having those almost docu esque bookends, it kind of 
makes it feel even more real than knowing the actual story is already a true story. Like, by throwing a fake documentary into it, it's like, oh yeah, this is fucking real. This absolutely happened and not mm-hmm. that long ago. So I, I agree yeah. with what you guys are saying. I totally think, I think you guys are right on the money. I think that's probably what bumped a lot of people when they're watching it. Personally, I think he took a bit of a risk with the style and I think it paid off, but maybe that's just because I'm a sucker for getting tied into these emotions with these kids. But I wouldn't say it was bad, per se. No, no. Uh, maybe maybe um, bad is the wrong word. It's more distracting. Because they do come okay. at, like, they do kind of pull you, like, because you're getting really pulled into these kids' lives, especially Justin Timberlake and um, Anthony Elkins' character. As, as we start getting deeper into this, we're really kind of sucked in. And these things almost give us a, a um, we're watching a newscast or a documentary. Like, it, almost like pulling us back out and reminding us that we're voyeuristically viewing this scenario. So maybe that can be something that's tougher to grapple with if that's not what you're expecting out of this. Maybe he could have done that as an artistic choice to showcase the mental state of the kids that were involved in this. That could be too. Because when you're just kind of a lackey and you're a poser, essentially, there is a part of you that's just kind of standing aback in your own mind, watching what's happening, not really feeling like you're involved or responsible for anything that's happening. So it's there. it's like being a voyeur of the voyeurs of some sort. Yeah. I don't know if he was intending that. Maybe. And another, another read too could be like when you deal with a tragedy as like either the victim or the family or anything like that, uh, that, that moment from there, everything else kind of fractals out in terms of memory, how you remember things. So there's that element too, that you could be seeing it. Like these memories are going to be fragmented, you know, a a la the edit points, the, the split screening and things just, getting really focused and really specific and horrible and then fracturing out and becoming distant. Like there could be something there, like a look back on your, tra- on a pre on a past tragedy. Yeah. There, there definitely could be something there. But like, like I said before, Nick Cassavetes isn't exactly known for subtlety. This is the guy who gave <laughs> us the notebook. This is the guy who gave us my sister's keeper, uh, John Q. Like he, He's not really so right. This is the only movies of his, the of his I have seen. You never saw the Notebook? Look at me. <laughs> look at me. I saw the Notebook. I, I can't look theaters. at you both. It was, it was a movie. My <laughs> a movie that assistant happened. manager at Barnes and Noble, who was a middle-aged man. Actually, he could have been in his thirties. I don't know told me that was his favorite movie of the year and he just loved sparks writing is it sparks yes yeah nicholas sparks and i was just like i have no interest in that <laughs> <laughs> i mean you're not wrong it's not a great movie um, i don't it's, it looks like the it will, you like melodrama so i guess that works i love melodrama notebook yeah. is a bit <laughs> even for you it's a bit much oh man the I only other ones that I've seen. I can't do that one <laughs> yeah the only one I, other one I'd seen out of his whole filmography I think was John Q <laughs> and I saw that like when it came out because I was like oh, I, I want to see something I wouldn't normally go see he's trying to get a heart for his son yeah I always yeah. remember that moment for me when I recommended that to what was definitely a religious woman when she was trying to find a movie that she was going to be comfortable watching with her family. And I didn't know what John Q was. 
And I'm like, oh, this is about a man, you know, helping his son get a heart. I mean, this is going to be a heartwarming story, but this one would be great to watch with you. That's not heartwarming at all. (laughs) No, no. At least you didn't send her to watch Alpha Dog. She bought it. (laughs) Oof. And that's when your nemesis was created. (laughs) I never saw her again. I don't think she ever came back to the store. (laughs) I'm pretty sure she's the one who created (laughs) COVID-19. Bring and revenge. this is her very big revenge. Uh, it got a little out of control. That movie is kind of violent, isn't it? <laughs> I honestly don't remember. Is it violent? I, 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 it's I don't long, know. No, it's uh, it's very shouty. Yeah, oh, I, I thought like, it was violent. Doesn't he like hold up the hospital or something? He yeah, does but, hold it up, but there's very, like I don't think there anyone dies or anything. He just he just yells a lot, and it's very unsubtle. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought. Uh, she she did fine. She's like, uh, yeah. I, I doubt she hates you. <laughs> is what I'm saying. Does she love you? Probably, probably not. No, no. no. She, she, uh, she probably went oh, jerk at the freaking Barnes and Noble and Borders. I sold, or a, that you work. I sold a lot of movies to people based off of the cover art <laughs> that I had not seen. You know, somebody once told me a cover is not a book. <laughs> was it Mary Poppins? It was Mary Poppins when she returned um, in that dumpster fire. Of a movie. We were talking about Alpha Dog, right? <laughs> not the dumpster fire. I actually really like Alpha Dog. I'm not sure if I'll ever watch it again. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't know if I can. Yeah, I didn't to really be honest. Wa- I did. Chewie did not want to watch this. Like, cards on the table. I said the movies we were watching, and she was like, fuck no to one of them. <laughs> and that, that, that might have been Alpha Dog. <laughs> I had those emotions towards Alpha Dog before we had a son in Los Angeles. I think I was just so much better at separating film and reality. Even this, even though this is based on a true story, the true story did not involve Emil Hirsch and Justin Timberlake and Amanda Seyfried and Olivia Wilde and all these awesome Slightly people. Slightly less attractive people actually did this in real life. Yeah, but I could still be like, well, that's just a movie, though. And and after having a kid and living in L.A. and being like, oh, fuck. These are the people around us. Ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> well, and also, when you're watching a movie that has violence or death in it, the movies will usually kind of tell you what kind of death you're going to experience, like, get used to. Like, in horror films, it's like, okay, someone's going to be impaled by hooks left and right. There's just going to be blood splatter everywhere. Well, you yeah, can, you can, you you can, can watch pre- the beginning of Scream and see Drew Barrymore get stabbed to death, and you're like, I bet a lot of people will get stabbed in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Like, and you can kind of pre-desensitize yourself to it. You can kind of like, oh, I, this is what this is. But with a movie like this, you're not sure in the beginning. And then when it happens, they're like, no, like they kind of, they hit you in a different way. Like you're hoping, I don't know, this, this, this death is more affecting because you hope against hope it's not going to happen. The violence is rough to watch because it's taken so seriously and doesn't feel cheesy and feels more human. This, the meanness, the, the, the violence, everything feels more human and realistic and thus harder to deal with, harder to distance from. And it's one of those, like, I don't know how many times on this podcast we can say how unfucking believably talented Anton Yelchin was. Oh. But my God, that, that, at this age, scene, like this, yeah, oh. that final scene, I honestly think I could have made it through the movie had he still been alive today. There's something about, like, knowing where that was going. I, just, I fucking can't. I just can't. That's just... the other element, is that we, we also know, you know, he he's not alive anymore. And, and he was just so fucking good. He was so good in this movie. 
and he's every been a joy season, to watch. He crushes it. Yeah, and he's been a joy to watch in every film, and he looks like a kid. He feels like as we're watching with our own kids, it's like we code him in this movie as kid. He is a child. He could I even be made that joke brother. at one point in the, in the middle of watching the movie. I'm like, if Rick and Morty existed when this movie came out, they should have done a live action version and had Anton Yelchin as Morty. It would have been great. He would have been awesome. Oh yeah. Mm. But yeah, like I have younger brothers and I always see them as younger brothers in the age range that Anton Yelkin plays, you know, in this movie, like his age in this movie, there's that thing where you, you kind of with family, you kind of lock them in a certain age when you, you know, when you leave off and do your own thing. Like my younger brothers will always be my younger brothers who are super young, even though they're not anymore. And it's just like, you see that it's like, Oh, that's, that's my brother. That's, <laughs> that's my kid, Oof. you know, and you can't help but project some of these personal things onto it with his performance and just a testament to his skill, but it also makes it sad. But also, that, also, it's not just him. It's everyone in the movie. Like, everyone in the yeah. movie does such a good job that they make them feel like real people. You're not just watching an ensemble cast. Because, granted, in 2006, we didn't know how huge everyone in the movie was eventually going to become. I mean, uh, I knew that Olivia Wilde was going to be awesome because I watched House. I did not Oh, watch yes, House, true. So I, I did, know. too. Um, House respect. So she was just the hot, topless girl at the end of the movie for me. I, I didn't know who she was. Um, Hot topless doctor, no, excuse you. Um, <laughs> but like that's the thing is like we didn't really know that stuff. But all yeah. these guys, uh, all these guys and girls, did such a fucking great job with their characters that you they felt real. So when this tragedy happens, you're just right there with them. Like ah, oh, fuck me, man. That was horrible. Uh, I mean, in your in our journey from high school to college to adulthood. We've a been these kids, or like we've been their age. We've seen these kids. We've been around them, you know. And what, even if they're not drug lords or you know criminals, yeah. I mean, I did you've seen these shit when I was their age. Tons yeah. of stupid shit that I really wish I hadn't done, but I, uh, I stopped before I did this. <laughs> yeah, we've been around these kids at parties. We've been around these types of kids. We've been like we've experienced this. Like it's familiar. Watching it now in 2020, looking back, it's just. I have that breadth of experience and age to like. I recognize all of this, <laughs> not the you know criminal part, but or the murder part. I would hope but, not. Yeah, <laughs> that you know of. Wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. I mean, <laughs> not I mean, not it mean. is John. I'd buy it. <laughs> I am. How does John stay hobo. sane? How does he do all the things he does at the podcast? He murders people. Oh yeah, it's a I good mean, stress reliever. <laughs> he has been doing a lot of yard work lately. Yeah, a he lot of great yard fertilizer. Work and, and, Bodies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Going from dirt to tools. grass. <laughs> Does anybody have any There's a reason why our yard is starting to grow grass now. And it's, uh... Saws, machetes. John did talk uh, about renting a chainsaw. Chainsaw from Home chainsaw, Depot. Yeah, I, I found a. I bought a branch clippers that were the extended size, so they could get a, a much harder branch that mm. you know of. You know, branch or people from far away before they can get you back. <laughs> Or fingers. (laughs) Oh, I mean, just like butter. Fingers are like (laughs) butter with that thing. Not that I would know. (laughs) I believe you. And with that, I think we've said about as much as I can say about Alpha Dog without slipping into depression. We've kept this as light as I could. Uh, I think it's time to move into favorite parts. (laughs) Question mark. Is there a favorite part of this? I was going to change it for Justin Timberlake and say favorite songs throughout the entire month, but I I can't really remember the music in this thing except for one song by Eminem at the end. So I'm going to stick with favorite parts. Um, 
and you, you can interpret that however you want. If your favorite part was that you never have to watch it again, I'll accept that as an answer. It is a bummer, although it is a very well-made movie. Um, but I'll get the ball rolling. My favorite part has to be, I mentioned it earlier, uh, when Justin Timberlake has him for that first night and gives him that chance, like, hey, why don't you fuck off and uh, live and it's just, it's played so well, where it nails exactly like what we said about him, um, where I said about him, where he, the charisma that you attach to and you love, and what Chewie mentioned about him, where he's a fucking coward who can never make a decision for himself. Because all he had to say was, I'm going to ride this thing out, you know, see how it does. I, want, I love my brother. Okay, well, there's a possibility that we're going to murder you, so get the fuck out. <laughs> right. Leave. Movie's over. <laughs> but he Yay, nails it. 40 like, minutes <laughs> the fact that Timberlake isn't in more movies and even today will always annoy me because of how good he was in this rumble 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 he's just yeah. a Timberlake he just does what he wants he, he, he can he doesn't need to work um, but I want to watch him more my favorite put him in a Marvel movie he could be Johnny Storm that's what oh, I was thinking too he could be Johnny Storm Fuck. I was just thinking that oh <laughs> well, I beat y'all to it. I was gonna say Nova, but he's too old to play Nova now. He's too old to play Nova. No, Johnny Storm. Nope, perfect. Johnny Storm. Nope, got it. Ah, oh, favorite part of this movie. <laughs> um, I got a backup if you need it. It's when uh, it's when Anton Yelchin is macking on those two girls, and she's like, "And you're 17," and the the other guy's like, "That bitch is 15." And he's like, "Ah, oh, dude," and he's like, "Ah." Oh, <laughs> They don't care anyways. <laughs> Part made me laugh out loud every time I've seen it. Just that they don't care anyways. When Sharon Stone... Is... Oh, you didn't mention her part. Yeah. I'm sorry. I tried to. Sharon Stone was in this movie as well. Uh, I think after she had her aneurysm. I don't remember. Uh, but she does a fantastic job being the mother of little Anton. Uh, and there's a part where she is very upset with Jake, the older brother, played by Ben Foster. Ben Foster. And she just kind of, I don't remember what she's saying to him, like, you find him or you find him or it's your mm -hmm. fault. And she's just trying to hurt him. And he is doing his best to not hurt her while stopping her from hurting him. Oh my God, that hand and behind just, her head is just so controlled, but so yeah, angry. Because it's just like, it's just one of those moments of the two people, they hate each other. But in that moment, they needed each other. And it's uh, like done so well between them. Give Ben Foster an Oscar for that hand work. <laughs> oh my God. Give Ben Foster an Oscar for fucking Fo everything he's Sharon in. And Sharon Stone. Sharon Stone, she didn't win it for me in that scene. She won it for me in the right after the murder scene when she's, oh, when she's it, doing the interview. Yeah, when she's doing the interview yeah. in the institution, they have like the, uh, um, like the bloated jowls makeup yeah. on her and everything, and she's just like cracking, like you can just she's, see she's just breaking she a, down in front of you. Well, she's already broken. Yeah, but she say, she picked herself up. She got herself together. She's gonna go to the interview for the cameras, and as she's talking, she just breaks. Like you literally watch a person break yeah, down. Because, like she said, my son was killed for twelve hundred dollars. Yeah. Ugh. It's just oh, she nails that scene. Yeah. Sharon Stone, fucking incredible actor. We should do a month on Sharon Stone. She was great. I've never seen uh, the that one. The Verhoeven one. What is it called? Fatal Best Attraction. Instinct? Basic Instinct. Yeah. 
Basic That's Instinct. I've never seen Fatal Attraction either. Basic I've Instinct never... is a doozy of a movie. Very dated. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen it. Oh, yeah. Very dated. It's basically softcore porn, but it's awesome. And you should totally see it. It's Paul Verhoeven. How can oh. it be bad? Uh, yeah, I worked so at the theater bad. when the sequel came out, and ooh, oh, it was dated the minute it came out. Sequel's not as good. Sequel can't is imagine. not as good. It's just not the type of a movie that would <laughs> uh, John, favorite part? Uh, I think for me, now this was this was a tough one to come up with in general, but I kind of I liked the scene. Uh, where was it? It was at the party, and Emil Hirsch had his moment with Anton Yelkin's character. And they just kind of had this conversation with their eyes and their face. And it kind of like, they weren't really saying anything like, oh, you're, you're cool, man. You're cool. But just the way their power dynamic played out and how they just carried themselves and the scene in its simplicity, like, I don't know. It just kind of brought that whole party to a crashing halt for that moment. And if I'd been like, in hindsight, I'd be like, well, that's where I probably could project like, oh, that's where I know he's going to die. I could I could put my hope away, but like, oh, there was so much in that scene, and it was relatively little said, and I really liked that about that scene. Emil Hirsch just we didn't really talk that much about him in this movie, but that guy is he is a very talented man, and I I really enjoy it whenever he shows up in something. It's a shame that I've heard the reputation that he's very difficult to work with. Apparently, That's why you don't see him around much anymore. Apparently, Catherine Bigelow tried to punch him on the set of uh, that skateboarding movie he was in, like. Well, that was at the beginning of his stardom. It was around the same time as this. <laughs> um, oh, man. But apparently he's a bit of a grub, but my God, is he talented. Mm. And that scene was so good, John. You picked a great one. Like, fuck, man. Like, that scene is just... Dude. Like, like and you, you and... just... You get why people like Johnny. Like, you right. get one scene where you see him be nice to somebody, but it's like, oh, wow. When he puts an arm around you, you feel like, oh, it's warm in here. Oh, I get yeah. it. I get why people want to impress him. I wouldn't, but I get it. Yeah, and you and you think yourself you're like, oh, I, I wouldn't fall to his wiles, but like in that scene, I'm, I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure I could. I wouldn't be one of those blathering fools, right? Like, yeah, oh, he did a great job. I'm sure I'd be like, I don't trust you. <laughs> in my 30s, I'd be like, I don't trust you. When I was 20 or 15, like Anton Yelchin, I can't. Oh, say he'd, how been, I he'd been so cool. They've been Johnny Cool. I remember the first party I walked in on someone doing blow, and I went, I'm going to leave. That was... First time I walked on somebody doing blow, I was at a robot party. I went, oh, I thought we are all supposed to be robots. <laughs> are you serious? <laughs> it's a very weird party. Um, that was my 21st birthday. Doing oil. Need oil, not blow. I, I felt so uncomfortable at a party where there was blow, I eventually left. And it was a robot party. Like, my God. What a waste of a party for a 21... It's my 21st birthday, and I bailed on a robot party because I got... People are doing drugs. They're not forcing me to do drugs. I would have been fine. I should have enjoyed the robot party. Anyhow, um... I I just left because I went... I don't think I want to be a part of this. They were in a different room. I happened upon... It doesn't matter. You know, double features. (laughs) Let's do double features. This movie just makes us think about so many different things in our life. Double features. What movie, when you watch Alpha Dog again... (laughs) Will you be watching with it? I have a feeling the theme will be something incredibly happy. But let, let's see. Let's see where we go. Uh, I've got one. The dark. Dancer in the Dark. Oh. Why? Because it's another movie that when I watched it, 
I went, oh, this is, this is gonna be okay, right? This is gonna end up fine. Like, it seems a little sad. Things are getting sad. Oh, don't do that. Oh, just tell this other person this thing and everything will be fine. You don't have to die. Just tell them this thing. Ugh. Yeah, it's that. It's the same sort of thing. It felt the same sort of... I mean, Dancer in the Dark is more lighthearted. It is a musical. But also incredibly frustrating because you just know there was other options, but they were not explored. It's <laughs> a good one. I'm going to go with... Yeah, I'm going to go with Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Really? Nice. Yeah. I was thinking about that. Um, and I'm going with that one mostly because of the ending. Um, not the ending with uh, with Ramona off into their door or wherever the fuck they go, but the ending with Jason Schwartzman, where I'm like, okay, there's clearly one way this is going to go. It's going to go. Uh, it looks like Scott is very overpowered. Uh, I don't think this movie is going to go bleak, but it very well could go bleak. And oh, look, it didn't. Oh, good for you, Scott. You win. Um <laughs> And I think yeah, watching that power after of Alpha Dog would, would, uh, would, might pick up your spirits a little bit. I think you might need to pick yourself up and dust yourself off uh, after getting kicked in the teeth repeatedly by Alpha Dog. My movie's just going to kick you in the balls after it kicks in your teeth. Yeah, you're going for the double whammy. I'm going for the, the punch and the pick em up Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a great way to go about it. Uh, and, yeah, just from minute one, you're going to be cured of whatever ails you from Alpha Dog by watching Scott Pilgrim. So I huh. heartily agree with your choice. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to kind of go for the take, you know, after you've stabbed someone with the knife and then just go harder. Uh, Requiem for a Dream. Oh, God. Because oh I want, I mean, why not I go, go for Irreversible while you're at it? Good Lord. Why not a Serbian film? Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. Just fuck, go man. all of those. Right. Uh, no, just, it's more like twisting the knife. This double feature is going to twist the knife. You need to go home and have a pick me up somehow. That's on you. Uh, but that's, I think, as far as if you want, if you're setting aside a night of misery that has great acting in it and just like it's going to really affect you and you want to just feel that, that double feature would be great. I mean, it, is, it would be a night of fucking great acting, even by Jared Leto, which, you know, what a guy he is. Yeah. Um, listen to Corona Cartoons, where uh, we, we take a few shots at Jared Leto and his wonderful take on <laughs> Rightfully <Joker>. so. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy. Uh, so that brings an end to Alpha Dog, um, believe it or not. Uh, so next week, we, we have to change things up. Uh, we were going to be doing uh, Southland Tales, which we might still be doing in this month. I'm not sure yet, but it is a very long movie, and our time throughout this week in order to record it has been shrinking. So we have to move movies around a little bit. And so next week will be The Social Network. Another movie where Justin Timberlake blew people away. And we're like, holy fuck, that guy's good. How is that guy so good? The guy who does Bye Bye Bye. What the hell? And I'm so excited to talk about it. Right. he's so good. And these are the people who also missed uh, Alpha Dog. Yeah. The the few people who skipped the bummer that is Alpha Dog got to watch Social Network, which by comparison is not a bummer at all. If you're not watching anything before it, it, it's kind of a bummer. But, you know. Social Network? Yeah, it can be a bit of a bummer. It's not as big of a bummer as fucking Alpha Dog, no. but nothing we watch throughout the month of May will be as much of a bummer as Alpha Dog. Nothing so I'm going to watch there. in a while. Yeah. Um, Southland Tales might still happen this month. It might not, depending on how long it takes us to watch it, because it is a three-hour movie. Um, if it does go away, we will be replacing it with, uh, what was it called? 
Friends with Benefits. Friends with Benefits. Um, but we'll, oh, okay. we'll let you know how that happens uh, as it happens. Um, so a quick round of plugs and we'll say goodbye. Uh, mine will be nice and brief. Check out Corona Cartoons on Mondays. ATHpod.com for everything else in the ATH Network. I'll let John be a little more specific with his show that comes out on Wednesdays. And Chewy, I'm sure, would like you to watch Superstore. Yeah. Yeah. Watch Superstore. It's really fucking good. Yeah. This season was really, really, really good. And I took too long to watch it. But once I finally did, I'm like, that show was fucking great this year. You guys Yay. did good work. Uh, John? Uh, yeah. Uh, listen to Demon Days every week, every Wednesday. We're continuing the adventures in this pandemic, uh, recording from our own computers, and we're doing what we can to get the story out to everyone. And we're still having fun doing it. And we love telling this story. And yeah, give it a listen. Yeah. In yesterday's episode, I did my intros as if I was drunk. It was a little bit of fun. Hmm. Oh, yeah. I tried to throw in some uh, drunkenness in there to see if you would play off it. And I was very happy with how it turned out. Yeah. I made sure to do the drunkenness in the outro, not the intro. Because the intro, I'm just beginning my drinking. And then the outro is a little... It's a little more assertive than yeah, normal. Yeah, no, I do so, hope that someone, in, in like, when this is all said and done, someone goes back and counts how much alcohol your character, I the narrator, actually alcohol. drinks in this, because it's a deathly amount times, my, like, my, 100. My character has a problem. Um, <laughs> but when you listen to, if you haven't listened to Demon Days from yesterday, when you listen to Demon Days, uh, imagine in the outro that I am aggressively pointing like every time my voice goes up a little bit because that's what I was doing while I was recording it. Uh, and it was a lot of fun. I pointed at my camera the whole time. Just, it, was, it was a fun recording time. Oh, yes. It's, it's always fun to see what you come up with. And <laughs> yes, I saw the pointing. I saw it all <laughs> as if I were it. there. It was yeah. jabbing. It was a good one. My, my demon days got real slurred. It was fun. I have a good time with it. Um, oh, yes. Bollywugs for the win. Woohoo! Uh, so thank you very much, everyone, for listening. We had a blast talking about it, even if we didn't have a blast watching it. Uh, and tune in next week for the next Justin Timberlake movie, The Social Network. Bye!